Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Author Lens Snapshots. This is the series that we are doing for our Patreon subscribers at the $10 level. Uh, the first one's going to be free, but after that, oh, it'll cost you. I'm Eric, and over there is Vanya. Hi, you guys. <laughs> um, and so basically what we're planning on doing with this series is sort of getting a little behind the scenes in how we shoot and kind of a little bit of behind the scenes of our lives. Uh, it's going to be very little editing. So you'll hear some ums and some weird vocal things that we have similar to Dev Party. Not for me. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, and so first... Um, I guess we'll get right into it. We are going to be talking about a location that we shot together this past summer. Yes. Okay. And it is called Gates of Lodor in Colorado. Which is a metal band. <laughs> it's a metal band, a Tolkien location. Um, actually, the name comes from a British, possibly, poem? Uh, something about the somethings of Lodor, and when they saw this, I think it was John Wesley Powell saw this on the Green River while he was doing his little float down it. Um, little float, he nearly died. Um, he saw this location, he was like, oh my god, Lodor! So they called it the Gates of Lodor. And the Canyon of Lodor. So It's, it's amazing. Also, anytime I've ever said or mentioned this location to anyone, they're like, where the fuck is this? Where, what are you talking about? So maybe just to give you a little, um, better, uh, geographical location. It's in Dinos dinosaur national monument. Yeah. But it's not in the easy to reach parts of this very difficult to reach park. <laughs> no, one does not simply <laughs> just <Okay>. drive into <laughs> gates of Lodor. <laughs> Yeah, no, you need to know, um, it's really remote. So you need to know the place you're getting gas before you get there and the place you're getting gas after you're getting there, after, after you leave. It is remote. Uh, there's nothing around it. There's no cell service for miles and miles. That said, it is really, really worth it. I would say so. Yeah. It was strange to the the drive I actually drove. So it's on the border of Utah also, by the way. It's on the border. It's actually in Colorado. Yeah, but it's right on the border. And it's on the border of Utah. Mm -hmm. It's really close to the to the uh the tricorner marker if you guys are and I know you are interested in collecting tricorner markers. <laughs> so, how did we how did we hear about this place? You told me about this okay. place. Okay, how did I hear about this place? <laughs> I do not know. I mean... I have no idea. I think... Oh, I think you... I remember you sending me an image, like, I want to come... I want to go here. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was one of those weird, like, Google Maps finds where I was just sort of exploring uh, Dinosaur National. I had been there before to Dinosaur National, the, the lower part in Utah. And uh, the upper part of it always seemed kind of, well, remote and kind of hard to get to. So I was kind of looking around there and I saw something called the Gates of Lodor. And of course, when you see the phrase Gates of Lodor, you, you need to kind of explore it a little bit, especially if you're a Tolkien fan. Because <laughs> it just sounds like something that would be written in, in Lord of the Rings or something. <laughs> and I saw the picture of it um, and it was amazing. It was a beautiful photo. And of course, as photographers... Um, the first, well, the first thing I did was send it to Vanya and that was the, oh my God, we need to go here. And the, 
image was amazing. It was a really well shot photo. Probably just, hell, it was probably a cell phone because it was just one of those places where when you see it, the first thing you think of is there is no way you can take a bad photo here. The place is beautiful. And as we'll, as you'll find out, um, that's not true. <laughs> you can take quite a few no. bad photos there. Yeah. I, so we, this was a trip. This was the end of our trip. Uh, I was actually getting back to the West Coast. So I had been camping with my brother in Colorado um, and I took the 40 West. Yeah. And then met you in Craig. That's right. I was trying to remember that town. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it was a town yeah. where that night, the night that you met me there, they were playing Empire Strikes Back on the big screen. Yeah. I fucking missed it. <laughs> Yeah, so we met there, and uh, I followed you. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's only maybe an hour outside of Craig, maybe something maybe. like that. And the road is kind of boring, uh, right? It's boring. I mean, it's it's. I don't know. I, I have. I guess I have higher expectations for for what is and isn't a boring road. Yeah, your expectations are a little different than mine. I, I mean, it was it was dry. Oh yeah. More of a desert landscape, obviously. It was very, very dry. But there was some curves in the road that kind of kept you awake. <laughs> so that was good. <laughs> there was a lot of BLM land, and that's Bureau of Land Management. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, we are both supporters of Bureau of Land Management just as much as we are supporters of Black Lives Matter. So BLM. Uh, and they have a lot of just a lot of land out there. And it was really wonderful. It's all open and public. And so there are all these signs as we pass it with all these other places like, oh, my God, I'd love to go there. Uh, so but the, we stopped one place before we got to Gates of Lodor. And that was Vermilion Falls, yes. which was another place that we saw, I think, on Google Maps. And it's like, oh, my God, this place looks amazing. You said it was it looked like um, the waterfall from Crocodile Dundee. Yes. Yes. Did it? Uh, yeah. I mean, it had that, um, it definitely had more of an alligator water feel. It wasn't like crystal clear in that one spot. Um, I, it was a shame. So when we, we got, it's a very small dirt road to get down to the bottom of the falls. And there was actually a car there when we drove by. So we ended up going to the top of the falls and shooting from there and not thinking that they were leaving anytime soon. We just, uh, went on our way <laughs> yeah it was it was i mean seeing a waterfall from the top is interesting and you can yeah. get some interesting ish shots and well i mean we are here we're photographers we've got photos um you, the shots that you took in vermilion falls well we've got when you're shooting with somebody we have uh, very much identical photos here um i shot a few in color and you shot i think everything in black and white I shot two, yeah, two from the falls in black and white. Yeah. One is amazing. You, It's a picture of Marley, who was with us at the time. Uh, and she's standing on a, a, a rounded hill on a cliff. Uh, not in any danger. No, she's, for, for, she's far <laughs> enough back. And um, I don't know if she knew I was taking the picture, but... It just so happened she was standing in the perfect spot, and I, I just turned around really quickly to shoot it, uh, guest on metering, and just went for it. I was shooting my RB67, um, and that was Delta 100 with a yellow filter. 
So I got one of the top of the falls and then Marley on the top of that rock. Yeah. And looking out into the distance. It's actually one of my favorite photos that I have taken of her on the trip. Oh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, she's leaning forward. I mean, there's, she's, she's, there's a real lean to her. And that's mm-hmm. an interesting way to like just look. Oh, she was like looking over or what she was doing, but it's really a cool photo. Um, I took a color and a black and white photo, and they are identical. I think on the last episode of All Through a Lens, we were talking. No, I think it's the question coming up. Do you do you compose differently uh, in black and white and color? <laughs> I mean, I'm my evidence is no. Apparently, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, your crop is different. Your black and white is in portrait, and your color is in landscape. Okay. What color is this? Oh, this is ectochrome. It's ectochrome Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I was shooting ectochrome E one hundred. Is that the new ectochrome? Is it? Yes. Okay. This is so. This might be my first roll with the new ectochrome. Interesting. Um, mm. I don't care for it. So <laughs> we shot some at Vermilion Falls, and then drove like the ten miles or so back. Oh, you know, further to Gates of Lodor. Yeah, the road was uh, actually pretty well maintained dirt road. But I do remember so I I have a van and it's not four wheel drive. And I remember specifically that I was getting a little like nervous. Because um, I think vans kind of drive up and down that road constantly with trailers with um, inflatable like kayaks and boats on the road. It's a big rafting place there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there was, um, there's like this layer of like softer, like sand and dirt Mm -hmm. that's on top of the washboard. And I can kind of feel my, my car kind of drifting a little right, right and left when I was driving down it. And it makes you feel a little like, oh, this is kind of scary, but fun at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember the light when we were going in? And we were going in towards evening, maybe five o'clock. We were. And, the light, the, what was, I guess it wasn't quite the golden hour yet, but it was a very magical light and it was shining right into the canyon. Yeah. So this is the neat part about, I think, honestly, when you get to anywhere, especially a place like a huge, like ancient canyon, like this place, um, you're just on this dirt road and you don't really see anything. And then all of a sudden you just get over like a little bit of a higher point of a hill and you can kind of see it in the distance. And I think the, the time of the day was just perfect for all these beautiful warm reds and pinks just popping out at you. Yeah. Um, again, this is like a desert landscape. So for the most part, there wasn't, <laughs> there wasn't really any vibrant colors around for miles and miles. We drove an hour and it was just it was just dirt yeah. and grays and brown. So when, once you get to this place, place and you see these like huge walls of, I mean, I'm assuming it's granite. It's not granite. No, I'm not sure what, what the red rock is. Hey, things I should know. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's a very red. It's a, well, it's the red like sandstone-ish type stuff that um, that Utah is pretty, pretty famous for. It's the same. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same stuff. Okay. But it is very, very red. It's. It is very, very red. And it was the perfect, honestly, we couldn't have picked a better time to head into Gates. I think that was just a a great experience to see that for the first time. It it also excites you like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to shoot it. Yeah. But we kind of made a epic mistake. <laughs> we Yes, <laughs> we did. We probably should have just stopped 
and shot it where we were and we didn't we were like kind of not necessarily in a hurry but we were we're getting there yeah we were we didn't just stop we were on yeah i mean you could stop we stopped on the road i think well i stopped a little bit because i i somehow got in front of and ahead of you by quite a while somehow i guess you stopped because it was a real dusty road and let me go ahead but i stopped for for i don't know a minute and i i may have shot something i kind of i vaguely remember shooting something but it would have been of the green river looking uh away from the canyon and my thought was like oh my god this is an amazing place we need to shoot this and it wasn't like we need to shoot this now because that was we were kind of planning on getting the camp and just kind of chilling out and then shooting it the more the next um i guess the next morning we didn't really have a good idea of what we were doing quite yet but um well uh we (coughs) we got into camp you're okay <laughs> yeah, okay. sorry. Uh, and we're, we're recording right now during like the height of of uh, wildfire season, and both of our throats are raw and horrible because of the smoke. <laughs> so uh, we got to camp, right? Are we at that point yet? Yeah, yeah. We we get to camp. I, I, I guess one thing, one of the reasons why I probably didn't stop or asked to stop was because we were getting to camp and I was with my daughter and I am from California. So I, for some reason, I'll always have a pit of anxiety when it comes to finding campsites. <laughs> and I don't know why <laughs> I would ever think this place would be full of people because there was basically no one when we were there. Um, yeah, but it's just, it's just something that I have. I I, I always want to kind of know where I'm going to stay and set up camp and then decide to relax after that. And I think I could have probably relaxed and been fine and been able to stop as many times as as we wanted. Yeah, I don't think it ever got anywhere <clears throat> near filling up. Like when we there, I mean, a few places. It's okay. A few places. Uh, um, there were a few spots open all all, all night. You know, I think. Um, well, when we got there, when we got there, <laughs> she is having a very hard time. Uh, when we got there, uh, there was really nobody there. Uh, and so we decided to, well, okay. When we planned this trip, one of Vanya's like stipulations was that I needed to swim. I am not a swimmer. She is. She's a surfer. She's a swimmer. I am not. Uh, the last time I was swimming was probably when I was 18. I am I am several decades removed. Maybe not several decades, but a couple and a half decades <laughs> removed. I'm not sure how math works. I'm like 25 years removed from the last time I swam. And so here we are. We have this with it's opportunity of a very slow-moving, wide river, with a boat launch made for, you know, rafts and things like that. So not like a, a big mechanized boat launch, just kind of a, a ramp that slowly goes into a, a, a dirt ramp that slowly goes into a river. And so they put on their suits and I kind of went out there to stand in the water, which is as close to swimming as I'm ever going to get. It's it's very likely. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but we should have shot. Yeah, the whole trip, mm-hmm. he... Because... So Eric planned most of the Kansas stuff, and he planned this part as well. Um, and I had told him long before that I just 
if it's going to be like 90 degrees or 100 degrees, I need water. I'm ne- I need I need something to keep me going throughout the day and <laughs> being able to jump in like any sort of creek, water, whatever. Something as long as there's like no snapping turtles or leeches, like I'm jumping in, that's just what I like to do. You're sweating all day. It's 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 something to look forward to. And he did a really good job because we, <laughs> uh, most of our camps were next to water. And when Anne was with us, she came with me down and swam yeah. a few times. And it was so nice, like, you know, to have someone swim with me. Eric hasn't gotten far. <laughs> He has gotten to maybe his knees. It was, it um, was, but I'm hoping next time I can get him to go a little it bit. It was well deeper. over my knees. Thank you. <laughs> okay, it was like almost all the way up my thigh. <laughs> Come on, I was basically swimming. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we we had a really nice camp. This was kind of a. This was a. We'll get to the photography part in a, in a minute here, but this camp was one of my favorite camps that we had because there was such a. a perfection to it it was a beautiful location it was it was a very maybe i'm idealizing it but it was a very beautiful location very beautiful night the temperature was was fine really it wasn't real hot yeah, it was perfect um the mosquitoes were intense oh yeah and the there was some gusts of wind that came through that were pretty intense as well really yeah don't you don't remember i have no recollection of that how do you not remember the gusts of wind was this overnight or this was in the evening. Really? Yes. Huh. It would just like, sh- it would just, a huge gust would come through and then it would just be dead again. It was crazy. But yeah, the mosquitoes, yeah, they got me. <laughs> <laughs> they got me good. Uh, to the point where I um, saved some money and I got a screen for my slider door on my van so I can actually have it open and have a screen and bugs won't get in anymore. <laughs> <laughs> These mosquitoes could probably chew through that. They, yeah, that was very <laughs> uncomfortable. I don't want to exactly tell you where they bit me, but it's where the sun doesn't shine. <laughs> so we had, we did take a couple of photos that night from the campsite. Yeah. Uh, and well, and Marley took a four by five. That was her first shot that yeah. she ever took with a four by five camera, and it was it was good. It was a good shot. Yeah. She, you know, she set it up. It was from your. It was in your Graflex with your Graflex. Yeah, it was three twenty Triax film, and it was uh, down by the riverbank, uh, next to some like really beautiful, tall uh, reeds of grass. Yeah. And um, I had her go under a hood and focus it on her own, and you know, she. Well, I, I think you helped us um, with the metering. I did. Yeah, uh, not very well, actually. <laughs> No, it ended up being a little too dark. Yeah. You kind of fucked it up. I did, yeah, I did. <laughs> I should trust my gut and not have you meet her for me anymore. <laughs> oh, wow, that's kind of mean. I know, I'm just messing around. I'm just I, kidding. I, You're usually pretty good with metering. Yeah, I do okay. Uh, that I don't think I have a picture of that. I, You know what? I remember using a red filter for that, too. Maybe that's why. Maybe I didn't take into account the red filter. Okay, maybe no. I did, but I don't know. Yeah, you know, sometimes scenes are just hard to meter. And this was, you yes. know, later, like seven o'clock ish. The sun was very much going down and, and quickly, too. The mm-hmm. canyon was quickly going dark. And I think we metered and then the sun moved quite a bit from metering to taking the shot. Mm-hmm. And so if the sun is, is, so. is booking it, 
uh, you do need to meet her right before you take the shot. And we, we didn't. And so that may have been part of it. Uh, it was a beautiful shot, beautiful location. And I know I caught And Marley took and Marley it. Marley took it. I'm sorry. I just have to say. No, that, and I know that there's like probably people that have kids and they have, they don't want anything to do with photography or, you know, it's just something that they kind of have to find on their own. And I've been definitely doing that with Marley. Um, she it's at her disposal at any time yeah. that she wants to and she doesn't want to do it yet and that's okay but i remember specifically getting there and it was beautiful and i was like hey do you want to take do you want to take a photo and she's like yeah i was like oh, oh we're doing this right now <laughs> so i was it was i was so ecstatic i was like so excited to to do that well and you pulled out your 4x5 also and shot yeah, the I same ish image i did i don't th- think i have i don't think i have a either i didn't develop it yet or it is simply gone i don't know what happened to it yeah really yeah it's weird i yeah i have no idea it's not in it's not where it should be in my uh files and folders and it's it's not anywhere i don't it's either yeah i don't think i I don't think it worked out i'm not sure what happened there Hmm. now the shooting was was obviously the highlight of the evening, but there was another highlight. Uh, we were able to do something that I've always really wanted to do, and that is a <laughs> blind, uh, even a double blind, I guess you could say a double blinded taste test of Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> <laughs> now, you may have a favorite Sour Patch Kid. I know I do. I, mine are blue. But can you taste the different colors when you're blinded and it turns out no no you can't (laughs) (laughs) i think i got them all wrong (laughs) yeah marley got most of them wrong i got most of them wrong but i did better than you guys but still it it, it's it's something that i've always wanted to do i'm really really happy that i was able to do it and it, it shows like how much um Oh, I guess it shows what placebos are, I guess, in a way. I don't know, but it really made me happy to do a double-blind, very small three-person study on whether uh, Sour Patch Kids have actual flavors that that you can differentiate from the others. They are different flavors, (laughs) but I don't think they're different enough that you can tell them apart. Yeah, it's weird. It is really, really strange. Also a fun game for camping, so. Yeah, and you get to eat Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so when anybody says, like, oh, I don't like the green ones, test them on that. Because <laughs> I didn't like the green ones, and now I can't taste the difference. So one of the things that we saw there was a little plaque to a, uh, a photographer. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. I took a picture of it because I wanted to, and this is what happens when you have a podcast, (laughs) you, things interest you about certain things and photographers in certain eras. And you're like, oh my gosh, I need to take a picture of this so I can remember because I want to find out more about him. And that guy was George A. Grant. Yeah, it was. He was the first photographer for the National Park Service. Yes. Which would have been in the 50s, which seems a little late for a first photographer of the National Park Service. But hey, what can you do? Uh, we will be doing something about him at some point. I have a, a I have two books coming to my house. And you know what? You've got one book coming to yours about him. Oh, really? Did you now? Yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I may get a habit of, of sending her books. She has a lot of books now. <laughs> Uh. So that <laughs> next morning, we wake up, 
and it, we well, I guess the night before we asked the park ranger who was there when is the best time to photograph the uh, the canyon and it's about a half mile walk back to the places where most people go the overlooks and stuff and she said oh eight o'clock in the morning and that is true I don't I think it's true if you're not photographing it because it was really a, a, an incredibly beautiful scene mm-hmm. uh, walking back to it was beautiful watching it watching the sun illuminate the canyon was beautiful uh, shooting it was really fun we had a really good time shooting it yes um, well how'd your pictures turn out the pictures <laughs> did not turn out at all and it's not true one of them turned out out of the maybe dozen that I shot how many of yours turned out uh, I'm gonna say none I, I mean I just don't really like them and this is so this is the problem with places like this they're just so beautiful and trying to capture <laughs> what you're seeing just really slaps you in the face <laughs> you have to be well it's like it's like um you were talking about craters of the moon in the last episode mm-hmm. and that is one of those places where i just think there is not a way to possibly capture it at least on film yeah it's just not a good way to do it that looks it looks good maybe i'm wrong but I don't think I don't think it's possible, but with this, it's definitely possible. It is. I I honestly think that she we probably could have woken up a lot. I mean, we decided we we're gonna lag and just show up, you know, just walk over there whenever we felt like it, which we did, and then we made it around eight o'clock. But um, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe without the harsher light on the um, on the west side of the wall, might have been a little bit better. And oh, just maybe. doing like a very long exposure because it was, there was no wind. It was very like quiet. We didn't see anybody walk the trail when we were no, on there it. There was nobody else there. Um, and I did meter for the shadow. So I have a uh, really great shadow detail in at least one of the shots that I'm looking at right now. Uh, and if this, this is a RB67 shot and I can zoom in down the green river and I can see the little sand bank, sand banks as it kind of snakes through the canyon. Yeah. And that's, that's really, really fun. I just think that, um, the light was so bright and I think it just, it blew out the sky and it blew out like all the texture on the west side of the wall. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, so this is the thing, like <laughs> with, with shooting film just in general i am definitely not like upset about this at all really it just makes me it just gives me drive and makes me realize like okay there's definitely some things that i need to be um more focused yeah uh when it comes to this and i think timing um more notes (laughs) yeah and and just kind of sitting with the scene, you know, maybe if we had just walked it, I mean, we were exhausted from the day. I don't know why, but maybe just walking it in the evening and, and scoping it out beforehand would have been good. But I have these pictures now to look at and I can write notes on these ones and see what I like, see what I don't like. And, and hopefully the next time, because guess what? You know, there's going to be a next time. Oh, that's absolutely going to be a next time. I'll go back and be a little bit more prepared. Yeah, I think, well, you're saying in the morning, and I think I agree. Um, I was thinking more midday, then mm-hmm. everything would be illuminated. And, you know, depending on, 
I think midday towards, you know, towards later afternoon, like three, four o'clock, I think would probably be a good time as well. Uh, cause you would get the reds. If you're, especially if you're shooting yes. color, you would get the reds and you wouldn't get the reds in the shadows and that, but if you're shooting black and white, that doesn't really matter. I, I was shooting large format. I shot at least three shots. And I thought more with the Shamini. And I was using three different emulsions, uh, which is one of the nicer things about, about large format is you can really change like, the, the, the film that you're shooting constantly. And so I shot a color photo with Provia. And um, it's, it's very Provia. I like it a lot. I think it's probably... Um, I think it's a good shot. It's it's low. We got somehow got to almost the the level of the of the river, and most people take it from up top. And most of our photos were taken from up top. This little overlook thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're definitely a lot lower. The greens are beautiful, yeah. but I definitely think that this film killed all the reds. It it did. Yeah, it did. Sorry. <laughs> no, it did. You're right. It really did. Uh, I did another shot with Fomapan. Uh, no, Foma Retro Pan 320. And that is just bad metering, I think. I'm not sure what I was doing or what happened there. It's a really nice film, but the, um, something's just not right about it. It just seems too bright. Yeah. I mean, the, your shadow detail's wonderful. My shadow detail's great, but it's just, it was. It was just like you said, um, the harsh morning sun really blew out the sky. Mm-hmm. The, one that I actually like, well, the large format one that I actually liked was mm, me too. the Ansco <laughs> Triple S. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's uh, it's gorgeous and just like crispy and sharp <laughs> all the way around. And it's interesting, the uh, safety film little uh, marker on the film is backwards. Is. But then your three is not. No, it's, it's well, you're right. That is odd. I don't know. Uh, this is Ansco Triple S. Uh, you probably haven't heard of it. This film expired in 1953. And I'm, every shot so far that I've taken with this has been, has worked out. Let's put it that way. I'm very happy, very happy with how this pack of film is working. And yeah. it will absolutely become a, a, a zine, a book, or something like of that. Of course. Um, <laughs> you've, nobody has seen any of these yet except for Vanya. And, yeah, this is a beautiful shot. I am including this one with, including all the photos that we're talking about. And I'm not sure how this all works yet. No, but we, don't we are, show mine. We are, we are going to include them. Uh, okay, fine. This shot is, and I guess we can talk about it now, um, accidentally taken in the same spot or same relative spot as another photo from one of my favorite photographers from the 1800s, a guy named Timothy O'Sullivan. He was, um, I think, an understudy of Alexander Gardner, I think. I should have known know this, but I don't know. Uh, and also in, in the co- a contemporary of Matthew Brady. It was a Civil War photographer. He took some stuff at, I think, Gettysburg. Um, he went out on, a, on one of the surveys of the 40th parallel in, I think, 1871. And he took a photo that we're also going to include of Gates of Lodor. And it's not published anywhere as far as I know, but it is available on the on the Library of Congress site. And well, like I said, we'll include it. And he took a photo overlooking the Gates of Lodor and his camp and his darkroom tent, which is kind of cool. And I think I took the picture from where his tent was. I think so. I think so. It looks or like really, it. really, really close. Can you look at your notes really quick and tell me how you shot this? Um, I can actually, this would have been, um, 
let's see, on the 17th, this would have been the 90 millimeter lens, F64 for six seconds, no filter. Really? This was the fourth picture I took uh, that, that morning, yeah. What are you rating this film at? Uh, 12 ISO. Okay. Yes, and I think yeah, originally it was uh, either 200 or 160. Uh, yes. How much more do you have of it? I have eight more have sheets. Do you? Yes, and needless to say, it is nerve-wracking <laughs> that I that I nail these shots. Uh, the film itself is like buckled, and Ooh. it's really oh god, it's it's bowed. Every time I, I touch it, it feels like it's falling apart. Every time I put it into the holder, it feels like I'm going to rip it. Uh, every time I every time I put it into the the holder for the uh, the tank that I'm developing it in, it feels like I'm going to rip it. Ugh. When I pull it out, it feels it's just it's so. It's such a different feel. I don't think I've, I think this is the oldest four by five film that I've shot. And so there's a really different feel to the base, but wow, it produces, even if you have like a modi, a a mediocre shot and you know, I can, I can fall into the category of mediocre photographers uh, from time to time. Uh, (laughs) And even my mediocre shots, they look nice because of this film. So Mm -hmm. if you're ever a little shaky, on like, well, maybe I'm not such a good photographer. Get some interesting looking film. And suddenly you're a better photographer. Okay, so yes. let's talk about your ectochrome really quick. Really quick, Because you shot the falls and you yeah. didn't like it. No. I think that was definitely due to metering. Um, and then also just like composition wise, it's a little funky. Sorry. No, I mean, it, it's, you're right. It is. It's, it is. But I want to say um, you shot another image and this is your RB correct yes that was in the mamiya rb67 yeah so it's an ectochrome shot and it's it's on the way into gates on the way and it's what we oh on the way out oh where i took my uh land camera yes and you told me to put the filter on it and it totally ruined the shot i remember that i I give bad (laughs) advice (laughs) um yeah this is uh this is what you see on the way out if you actually turn your head or just stop for a second. Yeah, or if and you're going in, I guess it, you'd see it as well in the morning. This is yeah, the morning this light. Is, uh, yes. I, so gorgeous. Yes, it's still, Please share this one. I, oh, definitely. It's It still killed the reds because um, it's definitely a lot redder than this. The film makes it look a little bit magenta. And I'm seeing this is E100VS. So this is not the new mm. ectochrome. This is oh, um, okay. a version of it from uh, 10 years ago, maybe. I don't know when mm-hmm. VS was out, but I also took uh, a few shots in Veracolor. And again, um, going back to the idea of do do we compose differently in color than we do black and white? And I think my, I'm still working on my answer for the, for the next episode, but my answer is going to uh, be a lot about what I don't shoot in color. And I should not have shot Gates of Lodor in color with half of it in shadow it was just a it was a bad idea i can't pull it off i'm sure somebody out there could not me mm-hmm. <sighs> i would like to get down uh, honestly uh-huh. um i'm bringing an inflatable kayak and i'm going to row my ass down the river with my graphics to get a shot <laughs> well also yeah i think that's a good idea but you, if you look at some of the other photos that timothy o'sullivan took when he was there he went there must be an old trail or something along the rim of the canyon. He followed mm-hmm. the top, the rim of the canyon, uh, for, I don't know, uh, maybe a half mile further from his camp, from where we shot. Uh-huh. And beautiful, beautiful shots. Beautiful shots. And, and it seems like a pain in the ass to do that with large format, but it's good to remember that he was shooting 
uh, I think five by seven glass plates in the middle of, of nowhere and developing them and lugging a large yeah. camera on horseback. So we shouldn't complain too much. No, <laughs> I, I want to say that this is the, this is a spot where you need more than just the morning or the afternoon. Um, yeah. I think it, it's a, it's a beautiful area and I could definitely see myself hanging out for a couple days. Honestly, I don't think that we, either one of us had um, any idea that it was going to be this beautiful and yeah, this hard, this difficult to shoot. I think that was, yeah, my expectation was the photos will take themselves yeah, that was not the case. No, and in some places, that's totally the case. You know, the photos, you, you're at a scene or whatever, say, a lot of like the old houses and the old schools I shoot. It's hard to yeah. get a bad photo of those, honestly. Well, so this is, so that being said, I feel like this is kind of a different, this is a place where you would have to travel a little bit differently. And I think that spending, let's just say two days. So you yeah. have two mornings and two afternoons, and then you leave the next day. So you have you know, four <laughs> or more um, versions of the canyon, um, you know, on any, at, at the same time on both days yeah. or whatever, how, whatever you decide to do, however you decide to shoot it next time. I, I just think that this, this place needed more time and we didn't exactly have that much we time. We didn't. Also, you know, I don't think Marley would want to stay an, an extra night there. No, honestly. no, it's not. But I do. I do too. And I'm yeah. willing to drive all the way to Gates and start a trip from Gates and stay there for, you know, three or four days yeah. and, and bring a kayak and, and maybe just explore a little bit more. Well, around there, you have the Red Desert of Wyoming because it's really close to Wyoming. That's the third state in the tri-state marker. And... You've got like Irish Canyon there, which I didn't get a chance to go to. You have, um, if you can get to it, and I haven't been able to get to it, you have Adobe, Adobe Rim, Adobe Village Rim, something like that. Uh, there's also just, just a lot of interesting formations around there. You have some, some charcoal. No, you don't. You have bromide ovens, which as photographers, that would have been kind of cool to see the bromide ovens. Oh. Yeah. And those, so those are around there. There's just a lot of interesting things in that area and there's like a working or i guess a historical ranch or something there and plus you know there's gates canyon that we did right after oh that was amazing yeah again I, I, oh gates canyon was terrifying and amazing all at yeah. once Wait, I, was that again gates? huh no that wasn't gates canyon gates canyon's the one that goes into nine mile canyon it, it was oh my gosh you're talking about the other one it's um it's, it's uh, named after the river that runs through it it was a very <laughs> narrow road it was in Utah. It was in Utah. We crossed the, the border. Yes. It was. Uh, Kraus? Kraus. Something like that. It was Kraus Canyon. Yeah. A narrow, almost yep. as far as automobiles go, a slot canyon. It was one <laughs> lane. And if you, as if there was an oncoming car, you would have to back up to yep. like a little pull off or something. But beautiful. And also another place that I couldn't shoot. I didn't. I took one or two pictures there. And it was mm -hmm. just I don't know. It was one of those stressful places that everything is so narrow that if you stop long enough, you're going to have to back up and move because of another car coming through. Yeah. I was surprised how many cars were on, like in the slot canyon once, once we got there. Yeah. Because when we first started, we 
drove over a um, suspension bridge. I had to pull my mirrors in (laughs) to drive across it. Terrifying. And then also, you mentioned um, that a... I think you just said like a regular car could do it. Oh, I mean, the road? yeah. Um, yes. According to the maps, uh, I said a sedan could do this road. And I, th- yeah, a sedan can do it. So when I was like climbing over rocks in my car and like bouncing kind of back and forth and swaying in the car with Marley, I was like, a sedan can do it, huh? A sedan? <laughs> really, Eric? A sedan? <laughs> I mean, you know, I-, I don't know. It depends on whose sedan, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Well, there's some, there is a bunch of campgrounds in that area that you can, um, what, right when you cross over. Yeah, there's a, there's, um, well, right by the river, there's a, a pretty big campground. And also there's little places along, all in, through the canyon where you can pull mm-hmm. off and, and set up camp for free. And there's a lot of free camping out there. The place where we stayed yes. was, I think, six bucks, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I think so. Maybe six dollars. Maybe. But there was a lot, I mean, it's BLM land, so you could camp almost anywhere out there. Yep. It's pretty cool. So I guess closing up, what we, I mean, we, we've already kind of discussed what we would do differently, and that's just stay longer. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Just stay longer. There was. And kind of just, I mean, this was, we've kind of done little travel, and this was at the end of our travel, and honestly, at this time, we probably could have been much more comfortable with each other to just stop whenever. Yeah. Um, it is all, it's always a little bit, um, different because Marley's there yeah. and she's 13. So after a while, it gets a little daunting. She wants to move on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, I am honestly not that way. Um, so I am totally fine stopping as many times as possible. I'm actually a little more like Marley. I, I, yeah. I'm not a destination person. I don't camp more than, I haven't camped more than one night at any place. Other, I mean, I guess with, uh, Yellowstone. It might have been the last time I camped more than one night at a place. And mm-hmm. prior to that, it years and years. So I yeah, don't do that. It is. I just don't do it. It's not how I how I do operate. But do you remember the first episode? I can't remember if we talked about this guy or just talked about talking about this guy, but he was an old, old timey photographer. And his advice, actually I think we mentioned this in the promo. His advice was in order to properly photograph a place, you have to live there for a year prior to taking your photo. I do remember and that. And that is ridiculously silly advice. But there is a hint of truth to it. And I think at a place like this, you do need to scout it first and experience at least 24 hours of the normal weather there. And maybe like a mm-hmm. storm going through it would be a different thing. Or, or you know, because I, I remember the storm that I, that I photographed going through... Um, it was northeast of Yellowstone after I left you last year. I forget the name of it. Clark's Fork, I think. Clark's Fork Canyon. Um, rushing water, big storm. And I got kind of lucky there. So sometimes you can get lucky with these things. But, you know, spending a lot of time in a place will make you a better photographer of that place. Yeah. And that would be, yeah, if we would do anything differently, I think, going there. And maybe, like you said, starting a trip from there, which is kind of an interesting idea. I think it's kind of um, maybe slaty, something something that, that we would want to consider. Yeah, for I next think so. Time. It's, it has become one of my favorite places. It's definitely my favorite place that I've taken shitty photos at. <laughs> <laughs> we just had a really 
photo shitty day. It's okay. It happens. <laughs> it does. It does. And the one, the whole point is that we are hopefully learning from our mistakes and we do better next time. Yeah. You can't just always take good pictures. No. <laughs> it just, it's just not how it works. And unfortunately, <laughs> you can't always take shitty pictures. True. And that's wonderful. We've taken, we, we both took okay pictures that were okay with around that area and before and after that area. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. We learned from it. And we've learned that it needs to be, it needs to, it needs a little bit more care. Mm-hmm. You know, these, these pictures so. don't take themselves. So I guess, I guess that's everything, right? I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. we've covered. So we shot with our RBs, both of us, yeah. and I shot with my Graflex and you, I, your Chamonix. Chamonix. And I thought I shot with the Mamiya 645. I did. I shot some Veracolor in that. And I did shoot some Ultrafine 400 at the, uh, at, um at this place and i don't think i like those very much at all which is really weird for ultrafine 400 so well you can share them and see what people think yeah. and uh they are yeah. i will say they are <laughs> i'm sure we'll get some unsolicited advice and i'm okay with that yeah. i might need it i will say i think my... maybe seeing a different like somebody else's perspective yes. um on the shots might be uh helpful yeah yeah uh, we do want to make another plug for Ultrafine Extreme 400, though. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, Who told you about that? I think, I think that was you. Oh, you bet. I was like, <laughs> excuse me, that was not a trick question. <laughs> it was definitely you, and definitely yellow filter, ye- yellow filter. It. It's my favorite 120 emulsion by far. It is. Yeah, it is. It's it's really yeah, good. I wish they made it in four by five because I would pretty much only shoot that. I did see that they have, um, they, sh- they are selling paper. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of cool. Yeah, well, you should shoot. And it's it. cheap. It I just cheap. love Ultrafine. Ultrafine is amazing yeah. and it's cheap and it looks so damn good mm-hmm. and you can push it. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. I've pushed 400 to 3,600 and it's chunky, but it looks good. It looks good. Yeah. Um, don't be uh don't be afraid of the chunks do not be afraid of the chunks and you know if you're in the area and you won't be but if you're in the area visit gates of lodor yeah if you're like a rafter that's it's a uh actually the beginning point of a like anywhere from four to seven day uh adventure down the river down the green river Yeah, we camped next to um a party of what, three rafts, I think, mm-hmm. that were mm-hmm. going on on their first. Uh, they're starting out the next day, and I actually was able to shoot them. I guess it was just with the RB. Uh, um, what do they call it on a boat? Uh, stepping? It wouldn't be stepping off. What is it called? Pushing off? Shoving off? <laughs> I, I guess pushing off. Pushing off. I don't know, but uh, embarking or disembarking. Oh shit! I don't know. Embarking on a journey. <laughs> <laughs> on a, and a, I think with theirs was a seven day journey, and they were mostly from Montana. Yeah, I saw that there was a lot of there was actually a lot of cars parked there. Yeah, with no people. Yeah, there, there were rafting. <laughs> a lot of Montana, a lot of a lot of it's fun. It's always fun to see people's yeah. license plates and where they're where they're from. So maybe next time we'll we'll raft down it or something. I've never done that, so uh, I have a feeling down. I'm so down. Oh God, I am so dead. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be fun to do. We'll get you little arm floaties. You'll be fine. Oh, God. And like the noodles? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll take a definitely. noodle. <laughs> I'm so pushing him off, you guys. You have no idea. <laughs> so mean. All right. Okay. Well. Well, I guess that covers it for Gates of Lodor again. 
<laughs> so we will let you go. Thank you so much for listening. This will be our first episode. Again, it is free. And if you want to hear more of these, and we will have more of these, and they won't just be travel stories. We're going to just go different directions with this. And if you have any ideas for this, we're totally open to ideas for this. And to a, to a lesser extent, the podcast itself. But we are open to ideas <laughs> for that as well. Um, yeah, hopefully a little bit, you know, it, it inspires someone to maybe start planning a trip for for next year and mark this on a spot or yeah. mark one of one of the places that we went. Yeah. Uh, just stop by and show us how it's done. Yes, please. You could probably <laughs> photograph this better than we could. <laughs> probably could. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you for listening. We will see you in a month with these. These will be monthly. And um, all right. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.